This is a Rooster Teeth production. Welcome to this special supplementary episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. A tale between the tales? Question mark. Uh, we're going to be doing a bit of a story recap, going over what the party did when they leveled up to level four, as well as answer some questions, a little Q&A from questions that we've gotten from the community. Thank you so much for sending questions. As always, you can give us a follow on social media at Stinky Dragon Pod. Use hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod. We might even use your name in a future episode as an NPC. I'm rolling uh, a D4 right now. Whoever it lands on is the character that we kill in the next arc. Okay. It's me, it's me. I'm sorry, Kyborg. You're, we have to kill you next uh, time. Well, you kill the show because I'm the best one in the game. <laughs> you all Boo. need me. Well, you just wrapped up the, uh, I guess, the second big arc so far in, uh, in the story. You all started out as little interns uh, for... There's, a, there's a, a group of heroes in the land known as the Infinites. And this party answered the call to be interns for the Infinites. And you all made your way to a town called Boulderay. Uh, on your way there, Kyborg had a run-in with a character named Brink Tussler, and a, a long-standing rivalry was born. If I remember right, Brink Tussler bested you in your initial encounter. He did. Uh, I think that that's a matter of opinion. That is why Blaine has been mad at him since. No, that's a matter of opinion. Yep. No, he definitely bested you. Yep. Not a matter of fact, it's a matter of opinion. <laughs> you all uh, made your way to go meet up with Mayor Prattle, who... Uh, is that was the mayor of the town invited you guys to be the infinite interns and he let you in on a secret that the infinites had actually been kidnapped and it was up to you guys as the interns to rescue the infinites they've been infinapped uh, infinapped the next morning the mayor let you know that someone claiming to be paralyte uh kidnapped the infinites uh from their headquarters there in boulderay she's like the doctor doom of our of our story mhm mhm right I'm going to say yes. I don't know who that is, but yes. That sounds you, don't like you don't know who Dr. Doom, Doom is? Is that a comic book thing? Oh my yes! God. It's Fantastic not canon in Stinky Dragon, so it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> Fantastic Four, Metal Mask, Green Cape. Oh, is that is that the Michael Chiklis movie? I have no idea what you're referencing. I think he's talking about Man He was the thing. Oh, Man there in Mask. No, Michael Chiklis oh, was the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four. So you saw, you yeah. saw, you saw. Uh, no, uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to make you mad with that reference. <laughs> That's fine. There's you. There is no Fantastic Four cinematic reference that can't make me mad at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys started chasing down Paralyte uh, in the labs, and you discovered it was a it was actually a robot that had gone out of control, created by uh, Doctor <clears throat> who was a scientist who helped out the Infinites. Uh, I guess he's kind of like a who, who's the James Bond helper? M is that M? He's Q. 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 God, you are just <gasps> messing up all pop culture today, guys. <laughs> So uh, Dr. M is kind of like uh, uh, James Bond's Q, helped out uh, the Infinites and created this robot that is got a little out of control. Oh, that's good one. I mean, I mean, no, get, I'm uncovering it. We're doing you it, You get guys. an inspiration die for this episode. Damn it. <laughs> uh, you all stopped this robot, which had set up a trap uh, uh, that was uh, har- going to harm Dr. M and the mayor. Uh, who killed? Kyborg killed a hamster, if I remember yeah. right. That's a that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> Facts don't care about your opinions. I feel very bad, very bad about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It, uh, we did a one-off episode later about it. Uh, but then you all split up. Kyborg and Gum Gum visited the library to learn about the Infinites. Uh, Sleek, Spectral, Aleve, and Grizzly. Uh, Mud and Bart went to the tavern to learn about the mining accident in the town. Uh, Bart had some flirtatious uh, interactions with a, a, a barmaid there, if I remember Yeah, right. I did. Wink. Mike, I don't know if you wanted to explain any more there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, you guys kind of, do you guys remember any of that interaction? Yeah. Absolutely. It feels like forever ago, though. It was a long time. It's been 84 well, years. It's been so long. It was Hops, right? That was the uh, bartender? Yeah, the bartender. I'm talking about the library, particularly. Oh, Actually, oh. no, you, you did talk about the mining accident in the bar. I'm sorry. Yeah. But that, that's that's irrelevant. All that matters is hops. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> now you're speaking Bart's language. Dr. Hem put you all through some actual tests, which ended with you facing down uh, Brink Tussler and some of his buddies. And you all did actually manage to get the upper hand in that encounter. As we always do. Yes. You were shown the dreamery that gave you flashbacks to Par- when Paralyte captured the Infinites and Dr. Hem was injured. Uh, and then you all had to go to Pious Pass 
to continue uh, the experiments. And you, when you went to Pius Pass, you found that they were plagued with a curse that was killing villagers. That was the desert uh, cowboy town, right? That yes. we broke into the prison. Okay. Yeah, well, the jail, but yes. You get a little ahead. We'll, we'll get there. Sorry, uh, sorry. I'm just so excited no, no, that I remember that, all this because I, I typically forget things like these and I've actually <laughs> well, listened well, that's to our I, show. Well, that's what's good about a, a recap episode like this. If people haven't listened, it's a quick way to catch up. And for those of you who've been there, it's a way to like do a little refresher. Yeah. Uh, so you all arrived and you headed to the store to pick up a package for Dr. M, uh, but it's been delayed. You pulled, were pulled into a confrontation where uh, there's a local cleric by the name of Mother Abby, who was being arrested by the sheriff and blamed for the curse. You all tried to interfere a little bit and then backed off. Uh, then you all went about exploring the rest of the town. Mud got a haircut and was sang a song. Great song, by the way. Thank you, Micah. Well, Mud didn't sing the song. Mud got a song sang about him. Yeah, I said was sang a song. Yeah. Oh, okay. His name is Mud. His name is Mud. He'll rock collect and stir his name. Uh, some of the locals requested your help uh, to break Mother Abby out of jail. You went in a long roundabout plan to do this uh, that involved breaking into and stealing some stuff from the store, which led to actually a, a, an out-of-game discussion that we had about what, how difficult it would be to jump 10 feet when encumbered with gear. So we made a, a TikTok video. A TikTok video. God, I sound so old. We made a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> TikTok video. Ah, we made a movie film. <laughs> we uh, loaded up Blaine with 80 pounds of weights. 85. How, 85 pounds of weights to see if he could jump 10 feet because his character was carrying 85 pounds of gear. Spoiler, uh, he did it perfectly. If you'd like to see that video... Just look up Squad Team Force on TikTok and uh, you'll see it there. We need to do a TikTok where I learn how to backflip like Kyborg. <laughs> <laughs> pr it'll probably get flagged for uh, dangerous activity. Yeah. yeah. It's a backflip. People do back High school girls do backflips. We got flagged for you knocking your face on my floor trying to do a another little stunt. So, God. Yeah. Snowflakes over there at TikTok. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the zest? <laughs> they just want to make sure that the youths watching TikTok don't do stupid things that Blaine does. Yeah. Just watch. He's a trained professional. I'm not doing the milk crate challenge, and I'm, God, I'm so <laughs> disappointed I know what that is. Uh, when you all finally do break into the jail, you discover that the sheriff's daughter is in there and afflicted with the curse, and yeah. you overhear the sheriff interrogating Mother Abby. Uh, I remember you went like through the underground passage to go to the other building. Gum Gum uh, mother, subdues the small girl with his iconic uh, move of hug somebody. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Gum Gum likes to hug and grapple. He does. He likes to just he does. Uh, the grapple. Yeah. He He's he a spooner. He wants to <laughs> wrestle. Is he always uh, the, the, the big spoon? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's definitely the little spoon. <laughs> with Bart. When possible. Bart likes to be the big spoon. No, he's Little Spoon with Bart because in every other instance, he's the big spoon and he misses oh. being Little Spoon. I think if if Bart is the big spoon, you call that jetpacking, right? That's jetpacking. That's 100% <laughs> jetpacking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, while you uh, are, are, are while you find Mother Abby and you get to the, the bottom of this, you realize Mother Abby reveals herself to be one of the infinites, uh, Elive specifically, and that Elive is behind the curse. Uh, you guys try to take her down. At the last moment, you're stopped by Paralyte, who reveals themselves as the savior of the town. Um, but you guys know that really Paralyte's behind Aleve's strange she behavior. She says mean things under her breath to us. Yes. Uh, once you wrap that up, Mud, you have a run-in with the bedwarmer back at the tavern, who gives you a prophecy oh, on your future. Yeah. <laughs> bedwarmer. <laughs> Forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah bedwarmer. Like you're just so calling good. him a bedwarmer, not even explaining what he is. And uh, Mud reacted the exact same way that John would have in real life. <laughs> not happened. necessarily. And Mud, Mud did it for different reasons. John, you would awkwardly like, I, I, I think you need to leave. I don't, yeah, don't tell I'm me you would sure be like, accurate. you're right, let's get going. Well, apparently, Blaine knows everything about my uh, sexual encounters. Didn't know I know everything about your, um, you know, how... Never mind. No, <laughs> your social anxieties. Yeah, please, please. 
Explain it to us. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Explain right. my sexuality to me. <laughs> it wasn't even a thing. Okay, whatever. So when, <laughs> when, you all check, when you all checked into the inn, you all were offered bed warmers, and nobody knew what it was. Everyone declined it except for Mud, who took a bed warmer. Uh, little did you all know bed warmer was code for a prostitute. Uh, sex worker. Uh, yeah. Oh, a gentleman worker. of the night. John just admitted that he would take a prostitute. I'm just, I'm just going to point worker, that out. Sex worker. Sex worker. You are correct. Thank you, sex worker. Um, a gentleman of the night. Yes. Or day, oh, depending Batman. on what you like. All this is like Batman. Sort I don't remember what the prophecy was at this point. Um, you must fulfill your destiny. That was it. Oh, it was about it was about mud specific. Uh, his like heritage and his problem with his family and everything. Okay. Yes. That's right. That's right. Guilt. It was guilt, is what it was. It was a guilt <laughs> prophecy. Is Mud Catholic? No. <laughs> no. But does he lick cats? Wait, is there Ooh. a fantasy Jesus? <laughs> or is Jesus? I think that's fantasy just called Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there are there are religions. We all there are religions in D D. There yeah, there are. And in the earlier editions of D D, there used to be like deities and demigods books yeah. that like outlined all the different uh major theologies and not just like fictional D&D specific ones but like it had like Norse mythos and you know, all yeah, kinds of different back, uh, back of the DMG there back of the Dungeon Master's Guide there's a whole list of like appendices of all the deities and stuff like that I think I'm yeah. a cord guy I like cord is that a is that a god god yeah okay. it's yeah. the god of athleticism I think from like the last yes. campaign you guys did yeah oh. that carried on uh, so once you all were done with that you took a leave back to Boulderay with the package that you picked up so you, the the town loved us as we left. Yeah, they were very happy that you were leaving. I think I got we got uh, a parade, did we not? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you mute if you mute it, it could look like a parade. <laughs> uh, lots of pitchforks, lots of torches. Really weird. Yeah. Weird celebratory parade. pitchforks. Uh, and you all had to help Believe by getting her in breather and some medication, uh, which right. you did. Mm-hmm. And once you were successful with that, you were sent to Herbloom to track down the next infinite. Uh, and uh, when you arrived, you arrived at the entrance of Herbloom. Uh, it looked like the world was ending pretty much. Uh, you found a dying Brink Tussler. Oh, you found your own dead bodies and a dying Brink Tussler who told you that you had to fix everything and work together. Uh, and he shoved a recapitulator in your hands and it activated and uh, you seemingly went back in time uh, to before this disaster, before this calamity. He also gave me some dog tags or something for his, like, snake, his flying snake or something. Do you remember the name of that snake? (sighs) This is snake. We just covered it in the last episode where we recorded two days ago. Yeah, he said it because the snake gets gets, uh, used as a hostage. Yeah. Um, Who will be the first to remember? Jake. Everyone's looking it up. (laughs) Jake the snake. (laughs) Uh, His name was. Nope. No, it's not. It's not there at all. I didn't write it down. Micah. What's... <laughs> His name is Micah. His snake's, <laughs> snake's name is Micah. The snake's name is Hannibal. 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 Oh uh, yeah, Hannibal like Burris. Or the <laughs> Hannibal was there like the first Hannibal episode. Turn. Yep. Hannibal. Hannibal was there during that first encounter with Brink Tussler. The only famous Hannibal, Hannibal Burris. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, now that you all were talking, I, I don't know why I didn't say this earlier. We also in this episode have Ben and Michael with us, who normally you don't hear them during when we regularly release episodes. <laughs> we didn't introduce uh, them at all. Yeah, Micah does uh, all of the writing for the show. It's all you know, a homebrew campaign. Big hats off to uh, to Micah for all that. He write he wrote Mud's song that we talked about earlier and Gum Gum's lullaby. Mm-hmm. Or what's the opposite of a lullaby? Oh, wake up, wake up, bye. Wake up, bye. Like a <laughs> his morning alarm. A bullaby. Gum, gum, it's time to. Wake. Mike is also yeah. John's better half or brother. What's better? It's the better. He's the better rising or brother. Brother, his better half of. <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a spousal thing. Well, again, yeah. we don't know John and his relationship. <laughs> so who's to say? Uh, and we've also got Ben with us as well, who's our producer and uh, co-DM. Uh, lo- lots of times when the party does something stupid, it's Ben who's 
flipping through the rule book to try to figure out if it's uh, allowed or not. And uh, he normally, when we're recording, he's furiously sending me messages like, make them go faster, speed this along. <laughs> As I say, you usually don't hear us because we're like furiously trying to come up with ideas to get them back on tracks or on the rails <laughs> for whatever they're trying to do or whatever door they're trying to open. I've probably written more in our Discord chat than I have for the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot true. of just like, what the heck are these guys doing? Oh my Why God. Why haven't they gone through so the door dumb. yet? Yeah. Why aren't they moving? Why aren't Another they door. making decisions? <laughs> we took a half an hour to decide whether or not we were going to go through a door or climb up a wall. Correction. It was 50 minutes. It was 50 oh, minutes. How much did we cut it down to? Well, no, we didn't. It wasn't us deciding if we're going to do it. It was us doing it also. We also yes. did climb the wall. Yes. I'm oh, surprised. One of these days, I think it would be fun on social media to release a screenshot of that DM chat that you all have <laughs> along with an episode and be like, That'd this be is great. what we were saying while this was going on. <laughs> That'd be so good. I have, I'm surprised that like the, you know, Boulder Ray or wherever we are hasn't like changed out all the doors for like hanging beads, <laughs> you know, like the hippie doors. Yeah. <laughs> That way we don't have to encounter them anymore because we keep getting tripped by doors. Every building has the automatic openers that a grocery store has. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I want to say we like cut down a 50-minute door encounter down to like 10 minutes. It, it was wild. God. That's us. Um, well, speaking to you guys, uh, after you popped back in time a little bit, uh, you encountered Oof, who was uh, the first NPC you encountered in episode one. He was a, uh, a cart driver who was taking you to Boulder back in episode one. Funny uh, fact about that is that I think when I wrote that, it's spelled E-U-P-H. Yeah. And you, you read it as oof. And I originally thought of it as youth, like euphoric. Mm. Mm. And I was like, yeah. I actually like oof better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that was one of the trivia um, questions we had asked the party whenever, I think maybe back during RTX was what was his last name? And I knew it was or because it was supposed to be like euphoric, but I had always said oof. So maybe it wasn't as, uh, as um, easy to figure out as it should have been. You failed correctly. <laughs> Oof failed correctly. Uh, that's uh, that's one of the things you got to put on social media one of these days is all the constant puns that Mike is sending. Uh, during I'm a huge when we're recording fan. An episode. <laughs> you guys have only seen probably like half of them. Micah throws out so many zingers in our like DM chat. Yeah. Normally I try to make it a point to, to read as many as I can when we're recording, but there's so many in there. Um. Anyway, after your tour uh, of Herbloom, uh, you run into Brink, who is like past Brink, not the one you saw before, uh, who admits that Sleek is here, who's Sleek's one of the Infinites, and Sleek is out of control, and that you can work together to bring him down. Uh, then you guys, uh, after your encounter with Brink, you ran into Wilhelm and his partner Howie, who gave you guys schematics for the Recapitulator, which was the device that brought you back in time. Wilhelm also gave us backstory of sleek correct yep wilhelm was like the maestro of sleek um but uh, the recapitulator would allow you to go back in time break into the main tower where sleek is hiding so then you had to go through each of the districts in Herbloom to get pieces to make the recapitulator um so some of which some of the components you needed were flowers which i think howie actually got for you uh no uh bart did oh that's right how we found them and then bart picked them up with a mage hand that's correct, correct. Yeah, I think Howie just had the bag for it. My little mm -hmm. mage hand doing all my dirty business. <laughs> yuck. All of it? Yuck, yuck. <laughs> uh, you, uh, along the way, you had to fight a wind gin uh, or a wind elemental, uh, which is how you got the crank. Uh, you had to run from dinosaurs and cannibals. Uh, you had to break into a logging mill. Uh, you encountered a sexy, sexy aurochs. We all mm. learned what aurochs are. Mm. Jacked. A uh, jacked aurochs. We posted a photo of that to social media, too, and most people agree with you, Bart. Hell yeah. It's a, uh, I felt things about that, Orox. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it there. Had to use Get my mage hand that off. night. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, good one. That joke just trumped my joke at that I said at the same time. It's <laughs> all right. No, it's bad. It's, it was I like that. Better. I like the idea of two jokes like competing for attention <laughs> at the exact same time. You mean our, a stinky dragon in a nutshell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once you had all the components, you, uh, you meld actually assembled the recapitulator for you, uh, the daughter of, um, Hugh Manor, uh, and, uh, you assemble a recapitulator. You found yourselves back at the base of the tower, ready to confront Sleek. Uh, Brink excused himself saying that, uh, you no longer needed him. You all sent Sordo to keep an eye on him. 
uh, you then climbed into the Glocken Tower. This is the 50-minute uh, <laughs> thing that Ben was talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, you had a couple of encounters along the way. You had to um, fight uh, DJ Boots and Cats. Uh, you had to do, what was it? Sprooken says? What was it? No, that was actually that's something we actually had to cut. <laughs> oh, did it get cut? Yeah. Oh, well, y'all fought DJ Boots and Cats. That entire tower from top to bottom, we only did like, I think a third of what you guys writ, wrote, <laughs> including the boss battle. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, you fought DJ Boots and Cats, at least. The, <laughs> the audience knows about that. You got to the top. Y'all talked to Sleek. Uh, y'all got into a fight with Sleek. Uh, defeated some of his instruments, but then, of course, Paralyte steps in. Uh, looks like you all are about to be finished off, and Brink shows up and attacks her, buys you all a, just enough time to escape through a portal, but unfortunately, Sordo and Brink get left behind, uh, and I believe Mud picked up Sleek and took Sleek along with you guys through the portal. Yeah, he showed up at the, at the, at the brink of time. Yeah. Uh, then in a little uh, plot twist, Paralyte reveals to Brink that that wasn't the gateway uh, that Sordo had summoned, that it was uh, uh, potentially maybe a, a gateway portal that she had created. Yeah, uh, that was our cliffhanger. Yeah. I also uh, like that at the end of that episode, there was like a whole uh, video game cutscene that our characters clipped out of and we didn't see any of it go down. Uh, we were just on the bottom floor when Sleek apparently died. <laughs> <laughs> Not died. No, well, uh, fell, fell uh, incapacitated. Him. Yeah. Are we ever going to find out like what happened up there visually? Because from all we heard, it was just like a thud and then some footsteps. That That's a really good question. Uh, so the the way that it was written, well, Michael, actually, do you want to explain it? You're the one who wrote it. I Yeah, I don't know much how, how much we can reveal. I guess we can reveal it. You think so? Yeah, go for I it. don't think there's any issue with it. Okay, yeah. So there is a mirror, a vanity mirror, that as you guys go up the loft, and he's kind of staring into and talking to himself, and you hear voices as you come in. It was written that Paralyte is controlling him through the vanity mirror, uh, him being <gasps> a vain person himself. Yeah. And so he, that's kind of like the whole thing, is if you guys had actually destroyed the mirror or figured that out, then... Paralyte would have revealed herself sooner or something to that to that matter. And so when oh. she did reveal herself, that smashed the mirror. She came in kind of incapacitated Brink. Well, dang. Uh, sleek. Sorry, Sleek. Yeah, you're right. Dang. Yeah. That would have been a lot shorter boss battle. <laughs> yeah, I've, a few times throughout the encounter, I kept trying to mention that Sleek was standing next to the mirror. If you, if any, if you guys kept asking where Sleek was or what Sleek was doing, I would always answer and then say, right next to the mirror like to remind you guys that it was there interesting Ho we should listen to gus more would pick up on it next episode i'm just gonna just shoot everything you know like, <laughs> he mentions, like you walk in there's a potted plant i shoot the potted plant <laughs> we just should bring grenades everywhere we go just in case i feel We're like gonna... half the time micah writes something it's like okay cool they're gonna talk their way through this surely and you show up and you shoot everything and then the ones where they're like, okay, I think they're going to roll up in here and shoot everything. They roll up and you guys go, I think we can talk this down and make this a friend. Well, yes. you know, sometimes you don't want to fight. You just want to chat. <laughs> but we never know with you guys. There's no consistency. That happened in the in the Elder Pines forest. You guys, Bart, Bart and Mud went in there and you guys came across a huge beast and decided to talk it down. And we did. The power of friendship. We succeeded. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to fight. We didn't have to throw a single punch. Exactly. We didn't lose any spell slots no. or take any damage. It was great. And then yeah. Dottie the Ox, we that was probably going to be a thing. Oryx. We Oryx, and we were just kind of like, all right, well, cool. Hey, look at that big Oryx. And then we just walked by. Y'all looked out there. Well, I was going to say, then when I had any inkling of talking to an NPC, everybody got mad at me for talking to an NPC. <laughs> In the in the lumber mill, the that guy alerted the uh, guards to our position. Yeah, but we got out. Yeah, you anyways, did get out. Anyways, we're doing our best. <laughs> Last little bit here. Uh, potentially, one of the Brinks may have died. Uh, took a serious wound. Uh, was bleeding out when you all escaped. And now the next arc picks up three weeks later, and we're going to get to that in our next episode. Uh, that's it for the review of the story so far. Uh, let's talk about uh, you guys leveled up uh, before that boss battle. Uh, we didn't talk about it. We didn't you know, put it in an episode or anything. So I guess this will be your time to talk about it if you guys want to talk about what happened to each of your characters during their level four level up. Absolutely. 
Um, so I improved some of my uh, modifiers. Uh, I improved my dexterity and constitution, I believe. That's what I added. I believe you're correct. Yep. Uh, and then for spells, I did a little uh, addition and subtraction. Uh, I added a cantrip called Blue Fever of Bluegrass, which I believe is a custom spell that Micah added, correct? Yes. Micah? Yeah, that's from a previous campaign I ran with some friends one time. Awesome. It, it's just like hilarious that I wanted to add it. Um, Full disclosure, I think that's like a spell that like you, you just mentioned and Micah went, oh, I didn't realize you guys had access to all my homebrew spells I've created before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad because it's going to be a fun one. Um I added cure wounds back to my uh, first level slot. Uh, slot. I think I took away uh, comprehend languages because I wasn't really using that very much. And I was like, I want to be able to help people when we're hurt more because that happens a lot. Good call. Go Bart. And then I also added suggestion for my second level spells. Um, so I could suggest things to people and have them be convinced. It's essentially like a brainwash which is mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of that. And I think that's it. What else did I do? I think that should be it. Yeah. yeah. I think that I'm not it. sure if this is the, maybe this is maybe a good time to, to bring this up. Um, I know sometimes in the past episodes, you try to use charm and it's not always successful. Uh, I can never say this in episode when we're recording, but I've never had a chance to tell you this. Maybe maybe I should tell you now. Uh, don't forget that some races are immune or have resistances to charm. Yeah, so sometimes, I need to yeah, learn when you try to cast more. it, yeah, it's like it it it's it's more inclined to fail or won't work. So just a reminder now that we're not in the heat of the moment. You mean Bart's not powerful enough to charm anything he uh, <laughs> puts his mind to? <laughs> well, maybe with his natural good looks and his hey. uh, his wit and banter. Uh, who's next? I'll go. Gum. Uh, gum gum. Yeah. So well, barbarians don't typically learn a lot of spells, so I didn't really learn any of those. Um, but uh and I thought about doing like acting or something or you know but I take I, a semester I, at a liberal arts college or something. Yeah. <laughs> um but I decided to just go with some uh what do you call those points? Ability score ability, ability score. scores. And I up my charisma, Ooh. and I up my dexterity um, to f- both the fourteen. So now nice. it's plus two on both of them. Uh, that so. that would be yeah, that's really helpful for you since barbarians have relatively low armor class. Uh, getting that additional bump in your dexterity bonus will uh, help improve your armor. Yeah. So I did that, and then um, that's that's about it. Uh, <laughs> I had a all right. Who's up? Pretty. Pretty not huge change. I just upped my dexterity uh, ability score, uh, which, you know, is most important because that includes things like stealth, sleight of hand, and acrobatics because I can do yeah. backflips now. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't think I'm ever going to touch my charisma just because I still think it's funny that Kyborg uh, is not charismatic. So, full disclosure. I thought of another thing. Oh. I have a rat blanket. <laughs> a blanket made out of rat fur. I'm 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 modifying it to a rat cape, mm. so I can be. Oh, a, a, it's it's a so it's visual okay. changes to gum gum. Yeah, like a superhero. He's a big boy. He doesn't use blankie anymore. It's, it's, his, it's his. You can camouflage himself in in rat situations. Yeah. And yeah. is that a big rat or a barbarian in a rat cape? He'll never tell. <laughs> uh, who's left? Mud. Mud. Um. Mud also didn't have huge changes, but did um, a little bit before getting leveled up. Did make I did, I personally made a realization about how druids work. As far as changes, I just did. Um, I think mostly constitution improvement. Um, Mud also got a wild shape improvement, but due to the fact that Mud already has a circle of the moon, it really didn't improve it. Um, normally, I'd be able to do challenge rating of one half now, but I already have circle of the moon, which gives me challenge rating of one for wild shape. Um, Blaine, that means the animals that I can turn into are, are higher difficulty and bigger, but I've already got, oh. you always keep asking about challenge rating. I, I thought like you were talking about gas mileage or like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the engine size, but okay. <laughs> um, uh, Mud also got a new cantrip slot and a second level spell slot, but um, the biggest change that I was able to fully take advantage of was that I found out that druids 
um, when they take a long rest, can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, DMs can um, uh, basically reassign all of their spell slots or all of their all of their uh, prepared spells. Um, and so I kind of redid all of Mud's spells to be I kind of play Mud a little bit like a utility character. He's not mm-hmm. fully a healing druid. Um, he's kind of a, a little bit of a, I, I try to play him a little more as a, like a Swiss army knife kind of thing. Um, but mud did add thorn whip to his cantrip, which he used immediately at the top of, I think our re- most recent episode when you were trying to get Brink to leave and we just weren't letting him. Oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and then Mud also learned uh, Fairy Fire, which is basically a thing to use against uh, invisible creatures. Um, added Healing Word to get some healing in there. Um, also added Enhance Ability, which is a little bit like Guidance, where Guidance adds a bonus for rolls. Enhance Ability is, uh, just has a bunch of different kinds of um, uh, versions of it, like Bear's Endurance and Bull's Strength and Fox's Cunning, and it all gives advantage on certain checks for... What about Auroch's Charm? There's no Auroch's Charm, you know? There's no Auroch's uh, pre-workout Aww, shake or man, anything like that. Could, could I get the Auroch's Charm? We can homebrew that. We'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> homebrew that. Um, also added Hold Person, which is a paralyzing spell. Um, spike Growth, which is a bit of more of an offensive spell that... Um, causes spikes in the ground um and yeah base it just kind of um reworked a lot of uh my, my spells and stuff uh, I but feel i like go ahead no i was gonna say i do like a little bit plain uh mud like a uh like an um avatar from avatar last airbender that's why i like having like shape water and mm. uh spike growth and all that stuff i want to like have control Huge. over all the elements Huge James Cameron fan. I'm a big supporter. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like level four in D&D, you know, typically for the most part, it's usually just ability score improvement. So I feel like this is the level where people really begin to get into the rhythm and figure out their class. Like what, the, what are the things that work? What are the things that don't work? So hearing you talk about like discovering things and reworking the way uh, you approach playing the Druid makes total sense to me. This is like where you really should be starting to find the rhythm of that class and then things should start progressing uh from here and we just leveled up again right because we just had no. a big boss fight right no 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 no, no. he's still level four chris thought that's when we when he got into the recording earlier today just a little while ago chris asked if this was another level up if y'all were getting to five like you just got to four he didn't almost we, convinced you <laughs> I, didn't we just level up before recording our last mm. episode yep. yes mm-hmm. yeah. okay that's what i thought but it was a big boss fight well okay. i have a, a Lots question of XP. I have a question for Gus, Micah, and Ben. Um, in y'all's opinion, who is playing their class or their race like the most opposite of what you would expect? Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I will say, I don't know, specifically for Kyborg, I don't know if I've ever been in a party with a fighter before that is so reliant on the bow. Normally, fighters are a lot more like melee, uh, get up in the mix of things. Yeah, I mean that's that's comforting to know because if I if I get into that situation, I feel like I have the HP for it. But like it has been paying off, just staying far away and just sniping, <laughs> not <laughs> letting everyone else get hit. That's the thing is that you doing that is more often than not putting. Well, obviously, gum gum is a damage sponge, but also mud is turned into a damage sponge. You big guy, it works. And right? I've been using I've been using wild shape as basically free HP. I mean, to be fair, I I, I in our previous D and D campaign, I played a ranger, an elf ranger, and like being able to be a ranged attacker is really fun, and it's also helpful because like you don't want everyone in the party being damaged and stuff like that. You want some people to be. Oh yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm just well, pointing out that like uh, with your question, Barbara, of like who's playing it oh, different. Gotcha. That's like an answer for that. And so like to put it into like almost video game terms, I'm a druid from World of Warcraft that is just stuck in bear form the entire time. <laughs> and well, I mean, I think you probably have the highest DPS like damage just well, just in general. Kyborg? Yeah. Yeah. Most consistent for sure. I don't yeah. want to brag. I think know? most players that want to play like with a bow will choose ranger. Uh, fighter has like literally one subclass that is geared toward bows, which is the one that Blaine took. Which yeah. is yes. that arcane archer 
uh, subclass, which is but all even then called you, shots you, and explosions so, and stuff. I played an arcane archer back in third edition, and back then my base uh, class was a rogue, and then I took arcane archer for some reason. So it's not is it is it just a fighter subclass now, or is it available to everyone? It's just a fighter subclass. I think that changed with mm. 5e, where now it's more of a. I think like their philosophy on it is rangers are more about like foraging and you know, get animal partners and whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. fighters are geared more toward like when you want to do an action thing, like swing a sword or shoot a bow. Uh, there's like a subclass where you can parry or block shots. And then arcane mm. archery is more of those like, I want to shoot a bow that's going to explode. You're going to, you know, tie someone up or, or whatever else they're looking for. So it kind of yeah. falls more under that fighter subclass. I think I'll also bring up the, that gum gum being a barbarian is mm-hmm. certainly like can be violent at times, but m- m- more often than not grappling things and then making crazy magical uh, occurrences happen in, in <laughs> fights and stuff. So I think that would probably be my answer as well is that like gum gum doesn't really want to pursue being uh, the biggest person in the room, but wants to uh, either hug someone or create uh, some sort of magical thing. Like, find, oh, always, yeah. always asking if you want to find magical things in rooms and such like that. Not knowing World of, or sorry, Dungeons and Dragons super intimately. John, you play a, it's not a tiefling. What, what do you play? Fearbog. Fear, Fearbog. Is it the, the shape shifting? Is that like a normal approach to combat? That's or? druid. Well, you, you, you do a lot of shape shifting and stuff. Yeah, like no, that. That, but that's that not a Fearbog HP. thing. That's a he's druidic a, he's druid. Also a druid. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, I, yeah, I didn't know if that was like, I thought that was an interesting approach to combat. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's it like be- a subclass thing where druids can kind of you can take a subclass that's like either going to be like I'm going to turn into all the animals that do a bunch of damage or I'm going to sit back and cast spells from afar. And John wanted to go the I turn into all the animals route. I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah I think is is combat wild shape part of circle of the moon or is a normal druid move? That's a circle of the moon thing. Okay, so I thought so that that whole thing where I can uh, use a bonus action to turn into an animal in the middle of combat. That's a thing. That's a special class. Kind of like how you picked arcane archer. That's what I have. And that whole thing. And during the boss battle where I was burning spell slots to give myself health back again, it's me acting more like a tank, which is fine. It just doesn't allow me to use my spells. All those spells that I just listed off. I, I, you, if you listen back to the boss battle, I didn't do any spells the entire time. I was mostly a spider that entire fight. (laughs) You were also trying to avoid getting hit. Yeah, talking purely from like a metagame standpoint, like I've played druids that are the like not like are more spellcasty and they don't transform as much. And you you turn into animals more for like, I'm going to turn into a cat and go like sneak into this room and listen in on the bad guys. Unless I'm going to turn into a velociraptor and break down the door and like jump on these dudes. So well, velociraptors mm-hmm. can't break down doors. so They can't open them. You guys have so <laughs> many problems with doors. <laughs> Just put a door in front of us if you ever want us to not go somewhere. <laughs> Chris, I got your Jurassic Park reference. It's very good. <laughs> I like I like to play mud like a little bit like a beast boy, you know, just uh, oh, yeah. turning into whatever I need. And because I can turn into an animal so many times with the several different slots that I have to do it, it's it's not so much of a hindrance. Wait till I get to the point where I can turn into flying animals. Y'all are screwed. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> we turn this podcast episode into a, a therapy session for our group and then talk about our grievances? Like, would you guys <laughs> like me to play less ranged and more melee? Because now I'm kind of now I'm kind of paranoid oh, no, that my no, whole team is like about it. upset with me for using the bow. No, no. If we did it, we'd have to do it in character. It's all about balance. <laughs> I find with with team makeups. And I think I think it's a good balance to have someone be a ranged attacker. Personally. I get the feeling that we could be doing we could be more efficient with our I'm um, this is actually kind of a, a, a I'm I'm fishing for an answer from the DMs, but I I get, I get the feeling we could be more efficient with our combat. And that when we actually do get into combat as a group, not not pointing fingers at any individual, we're not like to put in gaming terms, really like getting our DPS we could be getting. Well, I think for me, uh, Micah had a great suggestion during that last episode when y'all were fighting Sleek, which was to start letting y'all know ahead of time who's coming up next. Um, yeah, that, that way, was helpful. Yeah, that way you know, like, you know when to start. Like, you can you can casually during combat think about what you're going to do. Then when you know you're up next, it's like, okay, this is going to be the scenario I'm facing. And you narrow it down. That way you can act a little more quickly. I think that'll help us tighten up combat a little bit 
so I'm curious to see, you know, if that continues to help us in combat moving forward. You know what? I, something that I noticed from this campaign to our last one, our last one, we had like a mini map and we were able to see like geographically where we were and like, you know, the, the spaces were more defined. I really like playing with our imaginations more. There's some like sometimes the geography of it gets a little bit confusing, but like I kind of like having to keep more of a track of it and not having all the information laid out in front of us. It also it also helps let us fudge things a bit, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest with you. <laughs> no, we um, have everything planned, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who it was, but during that last episode, I think it was either Bart or Mud, someone wanted to move and like go down the ladder and go find, you know, go uh confront some of the 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 mobs. And geographically, really looking at the map, there's no way they should have made it. Uh, there was, you know, it would have been two moves to get there. But in the interest of trying to speed combat along, I was like, yeah, sure, you make it. You're, you're there. So I it like helps that. from that perspective. That. Yeah, like, yeah sure. slid down the ladder, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, we, let's just be a little loose on that end where it's like, yeah, you know, if we know what you're going to try to do, you know, we're not going to punish you. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we'll facilitate that. One of the things I really like about this show, and I think what we've seen from a lot of feedback from people who listen to it, is that, like, we're obviously not like us as players aren't D and D experts and like, we're not super stringent and strict on the rules and like all the little ins and outs of D and D. Whereas, you know, some people probably take D and D a little more seriously, but it's like a good way to kind of uh, like an introductory D and D show. If you don't know much about it or don't know anything about D and D, it's a very easy kind of thing to get into because it's not like super strict on it. I, I think that that provides a better uh, environment for creative, like making jokes telling a stupid story, character development, stuff like that, instead of being so in the weeds on the numbers and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like, I think we had a path that we could have taken where we were thinking about that, but in the beginning when we were kind of developing this whole show, I mean, I'm speaking from talent perspective. I had nothing to do with the background stuff, but we were trying to figure out, like, how much do we want to do, like, actual, like, roles and combat versus, like, role play, which I, I love the role play stuff. Yeah, I think it's great. Speaking of role play stuff, uh, I have a question here from the community segueing into our Q&A here at Jackson Sayers 2. It's a two part question. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do with that's the first a, that's part illegal. Here. That's illegal. <laughs> I don't know if I missed it or it wasn't said, but how was Kyborg's arm taken from him? Oh, oh it was in the battle of uh, against Quadrant in the Quadrant Squadron. So I th- how I imagined it was that Kyborg or Crydelius at the time, his whole uh village was under attack by this like evil horde of bad dudes and uh i think at some point kydelius probably tried to defend himself and then uh quadrant just took lopped his arm off and just kind of expected him to die because i think uh, i'm imagining that kyborg probably got a hit in and then that guy was so pissed off that he like took an arm off and then he just like left him to die you know but then he he got strong and took a took the robot arm, golem arm, golem arm. Sorry, I, oh, I another piece of background for Kyborg is uh, when we were like developing these characters from forever ago. Like this is like a character I've had for like two years in mind when we were first considering doing. Yeah, when we were like first considering doing the D and D show, and I straight up told Gus, I was like, I don't like high fantasy. I think all that stuff is lame, but I love sci fi, so I want to make <laughs> the most sci fi character I can. And it fits within the rules of your high fantasy world. Yeah. And we went with it. And now we have Kyborg. Um, Part two of their question, uh, part two of Jackson Sayer 2's question was, uh, how did Gum Gum and Bart meet? At, uh, uh, I believe it was at the, um, um, uh, you found at a orphanage. Yeah. Was was Gum Gum at the orphanage or or were we both at the orphanage? I think, right? I know Gum Gum was there. I'm not sure. I don't know. You might have been both, or you might have just been visiting the orphanage. I don't. Well, I know with Bart's backstory is that um, he was abandoned as a child and then picked up by pirates and kind of like adopted by them. And then after being with them for a few years, he kind of went off on his own. So I think he was looking for some companions and maybe went to an orphanage to find a fellow friend. And that's where he met Gum Gum. Yeah, or maybe visiting the orphanage that you were at after the fact. I have a follow up question, Barbara. Does that mean Bart adopted Gum Gum? Yeah, I think in a way, or, or like yeah. a guardianship, guardianship, kind of like Big Brother situation. Yeah, I've always found it uh, interesting how Gum Gum defers to Bart. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like uh, 
set reference of like like almost like a yeah 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 (laughs) good one (laughs) maybe it was like you were we were in the orphanage together but then you left and came back for you and came back yeah i like that better i like how we're we're making our backstory on the fly (laughs) (laughs) workshopping let me write this down yeah Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, make it up on the fly. I think that's fun. I think that's a great story. I think y'all came up with something really good there. I, I literally just DM Micah being like, interesting note, Barbara's backstory, next arc, something, something, something. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, as long as we're talking backstory, um, at Amy Joan asks, what was Mud's childhood like? What kind of life did he leave behind while adventuring? I think I've alluded to some of it at some point. I don't know if it maybe made it into edits or not, but Mud comes from royalty. Oh. Um but actually comes from like a very prestigious fear bog, like Royal family. I don't think his family is like actually like, you know, the King and queen of like all fear bogs, but let's say like some sort of other level of royalty. Um, but mud just isn't jiving with that. Um, and, um, kind of wanted to go do his own things. And so he was actually sent off to this internship to like get Mm. his, get his act together um, or to like burn out this idea of not um, participating in his family's like, um, uh, you know, high, high society um, requirements. What's Mud's family's expectation for Mud? What do they to, want him to be and what does Mud want to be? She, they, they want him to take to like continue the lineage of that, that the, the aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, the bramble cracks. <laughs> the bramble cracks, yeah. Mm, Oity toity. I wanted Mud's last name to sound accurate, but also to have a subtle uh, butt reference in there. So <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Um uh yeah, but Mud Mud genuinely just um want doesn't want to do that and like you know, he like he's a he's a simpler guy who just wants to have a simpler life, hence his like fascination and love with dirt he just likes dirt he's just Mm -hmm. a simple boy i had full disclosure i had intended for mud because my last dnd character was much more leading and and uh uh aggressive with action um professor loose professor loose was it was a father figure um and i wanted mud to play a lot more young and dumb but then kyborg and gum gum showed up and I realized, all right, Mud has to play a little bit more, uh, uh, like, I don't know, smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so that, so that Gum Gum and, and Kyborg could do their shenanigans and we wouldn't just like not go anywhere. Right. Um, You'd still be stuck at the first door you found. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mud just really wants to open up a, a cafe somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Tales from the Muddy Cafe. <laughs> that's our next uh, show. Tales from the Muddy Bean. The Muddy Bean. That's a good one. Oh. Uh, I've got another question here. This one might be better suited for uh, Ben and or Micah. Uh, do you, this is from, who is this? Pa- at Pan Iyer. Uh, do you choose who joins in as a character to voice for an episode or do they volunteer? How does that process work? And they're asking about like Matt, Trevor, some of the others. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's basically like we play through the whole episode. We record everything. Gus voices everything. And then I, me and Micah listen through and like basically transcribe the whole episode for any NPC voice lines. Uh, throw those into a document. And then I just start reaching out to people in the company and hitting them up to be like, hey, do you want to voice this person? Um, which originally started off just like, you know, reaching out to some people that I know were interested in voice acting around the company and wanted to play a part in it. And then. From there, it's just been more a, okay, who's going to be good for this role? Like, I know Barbara reached out to me at one point. was like, Trevor would really like to do something, like, with a voice in this this character. And I was like, oh, I know Trevor loves D&D. We have this cannibal guy coming up that'll be perfect for, like, a creepy voice that I know Trevor can do. Yeah, Trevor's always like, oh, any anytime you guys need someone, I'm always down. And I was like, I got the perfect person for you. For those who don't know, just to say it, Trevor uh, is from Achievement Hunter and is Barbara's boyfriend. Yes. Yes. Um, that's why I went on that whole tangent about like, I, I think you're charming him. I yeah. think there's some sort of tension there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I mean, there are other like really good fits that I just know almost immediately who I want to reach out to. Like um, the underground survivor during the dinosaur arc that was kind of uh, referenced as like a, a predator type character. 
I was like, well, I know James Willems, uh, another person within like the Rooster Teeth company is, would be perfect for this and kind of play off of Blaine really well. And I didn't give him oh, yeah. any direction. He just immediately like went into that, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type voice. Yeah. Which and then that Eric, was so funny. Eric, yeah. Badur, <laughs> Eric Badur as Brink Tussler, I think is He's like, already a little mm-hmm. rat fink of an the, indi- individual. That's, that feeds into the, the rivalry that I have it's, with him. <laughs> it's a, a part that he was born to play, I think. Yeah. That yeah. was that was fun. Was because when I re- immediately when Micah wrote Brink, I saw that and went, "Oh, Eric is absolutely going to play this <laughs> for you guys." <laughs> Every time Perfect. he does VO for the net for an episode, I look forward to it because he gives me all, like the range of takes that he gives me. I just laugh mm-hmm. my head off every single time. <laughs> he's it's a, he's, great. A, he's he commits. Yeah. The infinite interns. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, eventually we'll we'll transcribe everything, and Micah will like punch up some of the lines, or we try to like make it a little bit more like flashy or high fantasy, and kind of play into the story a little bit more and go from there. I want to make a request for Eddie Rivas from animation, one of our Ruby writers, because he used to have the show called the elite world. And he had this character mm. named uh, West Westminster Westheimer or something. And he's just this old man. He sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> always made me laugh. Uh, also Cole Galleon because he's perfect and I love him. Awesome. Well, uh, I hope you don't laugh your head off too much, Micah, because we need that head uh, to keep writing and keep giving <laughs> us more stories so that we can keep uh, playing this game and continuing. Uh, but I think that's about it for this interim episode. Uh, thanks to the community for sending us questions. Uh, hopefully we'll get to more of them in a future episode. Uh, but keep keep listening. We'll have a new episode in the new arc here real soon. Whee! Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks. Uh, hey everyone, yeah. welcome to this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, 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 you asked, ready to go, and you said, yeah. This is why we don't let Ben talk on the show. I said yes, and then OBS blip. I had to restart my recording. Oh, we're good. Leave that in. I yeah. want that in no. the final version.